world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most distant Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Welcome, everybody out there. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, we have a senior in college that doesn't lean left, and we're going <laughs> to get some of her perspective today. Hello, Michaela. Hello. How's everything? Good. Uh, good, if good, you don't good. lean left, it's hard if you drop shit to your left. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, be- before we open the show, I just, uh, just want to uh, thank everybody for all the messages and uh, support I received for a lot of you that listen to the show that might not know, on Wednesday, after 13 years of being on my by my hip and on my side, uh, Winston crossed the Rainbow Bridge, uh, and he's up there waiting for me somewhere. Uh, he's been a part of Gun for Hire for 13 years. He's been coming to the range with me every day for the past five and a half years. And I always say that people say that uh, you hit the, he hit the lottery when I when I got him from the pound, but I hit the lottery and. Uh, for just a quick backstory, his mom was found roaming the streets of New Orleans after Katrina. Uh, there was over 550 dogs that were rounded up. They got separated from their families or were left or they were strays or their families perished in uh, Hurricane Katrina. And Winston's mom was transported to Memphis, Tennessee, where she gave a litter of eight. And he was moved at three months old to NJ uh, Pets in Livingston. And I walked in there one day, and there was eight dogs in a pen running around, tiny little things. And uh, I bent down, and his jet black one uh, jumped up on my shoulder, shivering. And I stood upright with him on my shoulder, like I was wearing a mink stole or something. <laughs> and I said to the, the woman there, I said, um, I'll take him. I said, what do I have to do to take him? <laughs> she said, I need your driver's license and $150. So it's uh, it's been 13 years, and he suffered some uh, cardiac issues. Um on Saturday and Monday, I brought him to Dr. Scriff, and uh, I got to be there when he went, and I just want to thank you all. So you won't be hearing goodbye, Winston, at the end of the show anymore because uh, he's in a better place. So thank you all for your support and uh, encouragement. I appreciate it. Uh, so, so Michaela, so you're in college, mm-hmm. fourth year now. Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit about what it's like uh, having views that are different than about 95% of the population, including the staff and faculty and teachers? Honestly, I'd say it's more than 95%. Wow. Um, it's it's difficult. I'm So I'm a political science major, so a lot of my classes do talk about this, the current nature of our country, which I enjoy talking about. That's why I am a political science major. But being in the classroom with professor, liberal professors who set the tone for the class is it's just difficult and you know I've my sophomore year I transferred to Richmond and my one class that I took it it wasn't a political science class it was in the leadership school which I have trouble explaining what the leadership school is but I wanted to try it out Um, this professor knew I had 
conservative beliefs. He knew where I stood. This was also the time of the election. Um, and it, my views completely dictated the grade that I got in that class. Son of a bitch. Yeah, so I, it, it wasn't, I, I consider myself a good student. It wasn't that I wasn't doing the work. It wasn't that I wasn't doing the readings or anything. I was prepared every class. But I guess a few times I challenged him on what he said, and it really did dictate the grade that I received in the class. So since that point, I value my grades too much. I, I've i toned it down a little bit. I choose to get a lower grade in participation in class. I won't speak my mind because I don't want it to impact my grade or how the professor views me. This does not really suck. I sent you a link and there was a, they did a study and a 479 full-time sociology professors and only 2% <laughs> identified <laughs> as <laughs> conservative. Uh, I think that was high too. But but what we what we what we have in academia is they live in a bubble, right? So they don't live in the real world. It's not a capitalist type thing. Being faculty in a university is like socialism. Yeah, am, am I right? Yeah, Especially once you get tenure, right? Yeah. So they know they only have to work twenty years or twenty-five years, and then they're going to get and a work massive is a uh, pension. You know, that's a very loosey-goosey sort of term. Correct. So, professor. so they live in this world that they've kind of created, and and the universities have created, flush with cash and. You know, parents paying mm -hmm. exorbitant amount of money for tuition, which you know a lot of your tuition goes for kids that can't pay for tuition. That comes out. Your mom and dad pay tons of dough, and parts of that money pays for people who can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And so, what happens is, if you were to take these uh, professors, male and female, and the faculty, and put them in the real world in a capitalist environment, you know, dog eat dog, they would die. They would. They would all. They would all die yeah. on the vine for sure. Yeah, they would die of starvation. And you know, it always reminds me of. Did you ever? You're you're young, but did you ever see the movie Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? Oh, no. great movie! Oh, great, yeah, the, you the, gotta watch it. The yeah. liberal professor is describing <laughs> building these widgets, and he's talking about how you build a company. So Dangerfield's like, well, you got to take care of the building inspectors, you got to take care of the garbage guys, you got to take care of that. And he's like, well, Mr. Mellon, and we don't do that. We don't resort to stuff like that. And he chastised them, and then the professor's like, well, so where should we say we're building this factory? And Dangerfield screams out, how about Fantasyland? <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> in, in, right. right? right. Until That's you right. see the sausage being made. So they're allowed to do that, and what they're doing is they're poisoning entire generations. You know, it started in universities, then it went down to high schools, now it's in grade schools where, you know, we just saw a, a few weeks ago, your your mom had sent me an article where they banned a candy cane because he said, the uh, the, the principal said that the, it was an upside down J and it stood for Jesus. Yes, oh my God. Sandy. Which uh, a candy cane really was supposed to stand for the cane shepherds carry. That's <laughs> where the candy cane came from. But it's so crazy now. So you can't, so you how do you feel when you're in a, a group or in a class setting and the the professor is bashing our system? For, I know just Trump. I know everybody hates Trump, but let's forget that. But if you were in college right now and Ronald Reagan was in pres president, you'd be hearing about 85 to 90 percent of the same rhetoric because mm -hmm. they couldn't it stand him either. It doesn't matter what conservative is in. Correct, they're, they're correct. Well, they, they, pr they particularly hate Trump because he punches back, mm -hmm. well, and they don't like that. Also a clown, you know? too, but... Well, that's that's a whole. Uh, we know you, you. I was a Ted Cruz guy. I do like Trump because he's a disruptor. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know, every like my mantra in life is he's only just not psychologically yeah. stable and <laughs> yeah. a really shitty leader. Yeah. And <laughs> you has know, absolutely no only dead IQ fish go with the flow. That's just the way. It no, is. I know, he, but but he's still our president. 
You know, right. for eight years, Obama was my president, and I dealt with yes, it. I didn't exactly. run in a, I didn't go to a right. crying room no, or something. No, you no. know, so how how is didn't it? Didn't like him it, either. How does it work that you see? I live in a bubble myself. Being a pro two A guy, and being out there publicly and personally, I, I'm usually surrounded by like minded people. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I can handle it being in the lion's den like you. Yeah. So a lot of students, because you know, we have to talk about like acceptance and diversity and all this stuff that the university <laughs> throws on us. Acceptance and diversity, <laughs> but they hate everybody who doesn't exactly, agree with them. Exactly. It's just so, it's the crowd <laughs> mentality. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we talk about this type of stuff a lot, and, you know, everybody always says, you know, here in Richmond, we live in a Richmond bubble. We have our Richmond bubble on campus, but then I think, I don't think I'm really part of that bubble. Yes, I'm from, you know, most kids are from the Northeast, that's me. Most kids are white. Most kids are middle class. Sure, that's me. I'm in that bubble. But when it comes to politics and, and stances and where you stand on things, I, I don't see myself in this bubble. And it it's just gotten to... What do they mean when they say the Richmond bubble? What are they describing? I guess they're trying to say that, like, African-American kids or Muslim kids or whatever that aren't this stereotypical white from Northeast middle class or rich student that goes to Richmond, that's the bubble. So, so there are there are no black or Middle Eastern or... or well, they're a real Asian. minority, right? Right. That's yeah. what they're trying to say, that like uh, we have to... Because you're in Virginia. Right. Uh -huh. So I, I don't really consider myself in this bubble, and like it's just gotten to a point where when, yeah, aside from professors and students definitely bashing the president, it when they bash our whole system in general it, I just I sit there and I just listen and I just let them say it but I I yeah, you have to keep your mouth shut I voice my opinion when I think it's needed or I will talk to a professor after class which I've done and most of the time the professors understanding or they they kind of dismiss what I say and just you know like commend me for speaking out and saying my opinion in a respectful go, way. God, I, don't worry. God, we'll, I hate her. We, they we'll turn work around on you. Right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'll right. get. I'll turn we, her. We'll re-educate her. Right. So it, it's it's hard. Do you realize that these professors do not have a clue of what a disservice they are by doing this to the kids too? Because when they go out into the real world, it's it's a different world. Unless you work for like a huge tech company, most companies you're going to work for the owners tend to be leaning to the right. If it is a if it is a small company, yeah. Yes. Well, what the majority of people work for small businesses. Absolutely. Yeah. Not everybody's going to work for Google or Fascist Book. They think so. Yeah, but they're not. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise, and although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, 
so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. This segment of our show is being brought to you by 2A chiropractor Dr. Henry Medallion. We've been telling you about Dr. Medallion for quite a while now, but here's Jen, a listener and a busy mother of three, to tell her story. I'm a mom of three kids, and um, I've got two herniated discs, and I have some sciatic issues. I couldn't stand for more than 10 minutes, literally. I just, I would be in pain, and I'd sit, sit down like I was an 80-year-old. And I've been going to doctors for like four years. The traditional doctors, they do the steroid shots. I've got nerve ablations, and nothing seemed to hold for more than maybe six months. I'd always have to go back to that traditional thing, which always seemed to be a Band-Aid effect for me. And I heard Dr. Medallion and all the different ways that he approaches things, not just one particular avenue. There are a lot of different tools in his toolbox, so to speak. So I was like, why not try them out? So I went down there, tried them out. Now I'm able to stand and walk around and be a lot more mobile than I was before. So that's a huge, huge change. So if you're in pain, take it from Jen. Relief is just a click away. Dr. Henry Medallion, Medallion Chiropractic and Physical Therapy, M-A-D-A-L-I-A-N dot com. Anthony? So I need everybody to step up here. You know, I released these stats last week. There's 8 million registered handguns in New Jersey and 1.3 million FID cards in New Jersey. So yesterday we got an alert from... Uh, ANJRPC, we are now taking the Magban case to the full ninth, full third circuit. Excuse me, I keep thinking of that guy in the ninth circuit. We're taking the case to the full third circuit, uh, which is all the judges. It's called an en banc panel. Last time we just had it before three judges. Now, if they decide not to take our case, we appeal. We for cert for the Supremes. If they do take our case and we win, we restore back to 15-round magazines. If we lose, we're going to appeal it to the state uh, 
uh, the, the Supreme Court. So everybody out there, join the ANGRPC, join the NRA, and of course, CNJFO, the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners, you want to join them too. I just made another $500 donation to uh, CNJFO for the Cheeseman-Gillard case because they're doing a matching uh, program right now up to $5,000, okay? Every dollar you donate to the CNJFO uh, GoFundMe campaign, they'll match that dollar. So go to the cnjfo.com website, forward slash donate if you want, or just find it on their website, CNJFO. And Rosie, Jan, and all the other guys there will uh, get the money to those guys. we got to keep that case going. Um, it's another... Uh, Another ace in the in the in our pocket that we really need. So support those who support you, please, please, please. Michaela, back to you. <laughs> so um, you sent me an article before um, I came here, and uh, it, you know, I was talking about liberalism on college campuses and everything. I really connected with the article. I actually wish I had seen it earlier. I would have used it in a paper that I wrote. Um, but anyway, so it, you know, it described the. Um, it described liberalism on college campuses as a liberal creep, which I actually think is a really good way to describe it because it really does creep up on you, and yeah. especially freshmen, sophomores, kids that don't know where they want to go with Hence their majors the term and everything. progressivism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Progressively creeping on you. It, it does, and it, it's. I think it's a perfect way to describe it because liberalism, whether it's coming from professors, which I think dictate the tone of how classes go, or students, which are constantly surrounded by everywhere on campus, especially if you live on campus, it really does creep up on you whether you're in support of it or not. It's it's always there. And I think as I've gotten older, my sophomore year, junior year, senior year, it's it has creeped up on me even more and gotten even closer to the point where I have these experiences like I do in class where I don't want to participate anymore and I don't want to voice my opinion because it's so prevalent right there. Do you think it's going to have a backlash? You think after you graduate like from graduate school, you're going to you're going to go all the way to the right because of, you know, like being punched, you you know, you, you're tired of being the punching bag. I think when you come out you're going to like I'm going to show those bastards. They're also what they're also doing is, you know, colleges uh, thrive off endowments and donations. I know if I was her, when I get out, if I became successful, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not sending them a dime because for four years I had to eat their crap. So I think by not being center, you know, slightly leaning to the left, I think they're actually hurting their pocketbooks in the long term, too. What would you say? Yeah, I agree. And also, like you said, you know, um, professors are really doing a disservice to their students because they're not really preparing them for the real world Correct. when you're in this bubble. You know, the article mentioned that, like, liberalism on campus also hurts liberal students because then they remain in this liberal bubble and they're not exposed to the real world. Like, shocker, people are going to disagree with you when you grow up and when you get in the real world. Most Richmond grads live in New York City, D.C., Boston. They go, you know, to cities where people you're going to encounter people that disagree with you. And if you're not prepared to engage in an intelligent conversation with them because you've never had to, because people have always agreed with you and your professor has always praised you for what you said, 
it mm. really does a disservice to liberal students too. Sure. I think it actually probably helps me more than it helps liberal students because at least I'm hearing things from the other side. Yeah, it sharpens you a little bit more. It sharpens your your wit, your debate skills. Right. Because it's good to hear the other perspective because, you know, there's an old saying, you can learn more from a bad boss than a good boss because if you take everything for granted, Mm -hmm. you think everything just works easily and in your favor. So by you being a conservative and, and... and seeing the liberal indoctrination, you're absolutely right. It will open the scope and, and, and the whole plane of your thinking in your mind, which is good. And you're right. The liberals are just going to go further to the left. And, man, let me tell you something. If they don't end up in a tech company and they end up in a regular company, small business, like under $10 million a year, boy, are they going to be in for it. I mean, seriously, could you imagine going to your boss and, you know, do, do you get leave for this and leave for that? And, you know, uh, do, is there a crying room here? Oh, yeah, there's a crying room. It's called F an unemployment office. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, go ahead. Please elaborate more. So, um, I wrote a paper this semester. I uh, just handed it in last week. Hope I get a good grade. Um on uh, politics in the classroom. So I'm a political science major, but I decided to take two journalism classes this year. And um, just, oh for my God. <laughs> just for fun. Just for fun. red journalism. Go <laughs> ahead. Um, and one of the classes was taught by this really awesome professor. I'm actually really thankful that I had him during my time at Richmond. But um, so in the beginning of the semester, I talked to him after class and I expressed some concern about how the course was going to be run. I didn't know, you know, we were still in that period where you could drop the class and add another one. And I I was unsure about how the class was going to be run, if he was going to just, you know, focus on news that just bashed Trump and bashed the current administration and was everything like anti what I believe. Because if it was, I would have dropped the class and taken something else. And um, but he was he was really awesome. He made it really clear to the class and especially me because I expressed concern that it's not his job to tell us how to think, but rather to provide his students with the relevant information through various news sources and then let them form their own opinions. Wow. He's one of the 2%. He was really cool. I I was, I really admired that about him. Um, He probably has no friends in the teacher's lounge. That should be the whole purpose of the university. Correct. It's not to teach you what to think, but how to think. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they don't do that. No. So it it shocks me that it took me until like almost three quarters of the way through my college experience to get a professor like that. At least you found one. I know. <laughs> one. You'll never forget. Is it a he? Yep. Okay. You'll never forget him. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's always one or two that leave an indelible mark on you, uh, especially uh, like I had a Mr. Cahill uh, history teacher who I'll never, never forget. You know, he passed away, but because I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> but, <laughs> but now, well, you're you're going to school. You want to be a lawyer now, right? You're going to go to law school next. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about graduate school? You think it's going to be even worse with the level of liberalism? Because you're going to have a lot of kids especially who come from school. the one well, percenters, school, right? I'm not sure about law school, but medical school is a little different because you have actually working physicians who are, you know, uh, adjunct professors, but law, I think, I'm not sure whether they just... I think it depends on the school. Like, I know Richmond has a law school, and I've been there because I took a constitutional law class this year. Yay! Yeah, got a 92 on my final. Wasn't an A-plus, though? No. All right. Well, well, next subject. So how was that class, constitutional law class? It, um... Was the teacher lefty? Yes. She was young, um... 
Honestly, I don't think she was much Let me older tell you why us. the Constitution sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we need to rewrite this <laughs> shit. We need to rewrite this. This um, is very old. A lot of old people made this. Um. <laughs> no, um, she she did a, a decent job. I, she she was young. I think she tried to like assert her dominance over us a little bit because of course, yeah, she, she knew how close we were in yeah, age and right. you know, she wanted to make sure she was like the authority figure in the class. Um, there were definitely times because we, you know, we would study the Commerce Clause and the Takings Clause and all this stuff, and then factor in cases like famous cases that dealt with that. Um, you know, we did cases all the way back. What like did she talk about with the Commerce Clause? Did, was she in favor of the Commerce Clause? Um, or was it related to Trump somehow? Yeah, okay, so <laughs> she did. Yeah, she didn't relate as much to Trump as I thought she would. Um, which I honestly was thankful for because I wasn't there to learn about Trump. I can do that on my own. I was there to learn about the Constitution. Um, we spent a lot of time on the Commerce Clause, so I think she really enjoyed it. Which um, is typical because, I mean, FDR, mm -hmm. everything that is wrong with the country right now had to deal with that one particular farmer who was sued for not be, for and told, you can't grow wheat. Yeah. On on your wait, farm. I know yeah. what case you're talking about. Now I can't think of the name. Yeah, I can't remember. It's it's a W and a F. Wickard and Filburn. We're Wickard. Wickard v. Filburn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope my professor's listening. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I no, you can't grow wheat to feed your family. You can feed your family, right. then you won't buy wheat. You can't grow. And everybody and was it. quiet. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like being a gun owner in New Jersey. They tell you you can't do it, so right away you rush to turn your shit in. Mm -hmm. You know, here, if they ban something, New Jersey gun owners hear that there might be a ban, so they want to get ahead of that, so they run to turn their shit in and surrender and with their hands up. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much the same as it was back then. Yeah. And, and we're still dealing with it now. Right. It's it's horrible. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, you, you guys are, I feel bad for you. Sandy, when you went to medical school in the 40s, was it liberal then? It was the 30s. But <laughs> oh, the thir was it liberal then? I was liberal then. I was I was very liberal. What did yeah. Churchill say? When you're young, if you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. Right. If you're older and not conservative, you, you don't have, have a, brain. a brain. I had liberal leanings when I was younger. I tell everybody all the time, you know, you, you're, you're concerned about the environment. You want to save the planet and stuff. And, you know, when I was young, I wanted to feed the poor. Now I think it's a viable option to eat them. But that's another story. Uh, you didn't hear that. Uh, but I think once you start working... And you start seeing the level of taxes and government waste. I mean, again, well, we talk about how liberals they want the government yeah, to yeah. take care of everything. And 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 you got to remember, I was educated in the belly of the beast, so I didn't know any anything else. And and I didn't really have any political leanings one way or the other. I really didn't give a crap. I was just trying to struggle and get my way through. You know, I, I, I worked my way through college, had four or five jobs, same same way through med school. I never had loans. I never had grants. I, I never had any of that crap. I did live out of my car for two years, but that's another story. And you just didn't know, right? And, and then you started – I was educated in the federal government system. So we came out. With, I still carry it with me many times to say, well, you need to get vaccinated, and we will make sure you get vaccinated for the, quote, and I'm using air quotes here, public good. And yet, I'm a staunch libertarian, which, it's, it's like this weird juxtaposition in my brain. It's cognitive dissonance, and I don't know how to fix it sometimes. So I smack my head against the floor, or talk to him. I can <laughs> see that. Yeah.
For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, Building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me it's very important that people are treated like family so the bathrooms are very high end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Do not forget to follow me, Ants Rants, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, all over the place. Do not just follow me, like me and share me. We need to get the word out. The insurrection is coming. The yellow vests are coming. What? Stop looking at me that way. Just saying. Uh, don't forget, we have a new sponsor coming. I tried to get Dr. Brian Tans on the show again. He's really starting He's to tick me teeth. off. NewYorkSmile.com. Like pulling teeth on, to get this guy on. On East 68th Street, okay? New York, New York. Uh, check out Brian Tanz's NewYorkSmile.com. Support those who support you. I say that all the time, too. You know, I stick my neck out. I spend money. It, at Gun for Hire Woodland Park Range, you know we're the tip of the spear in the 2A fight. Larry Braco wrote an article the other day that CNJFO put out to everybody that... Uh, I love Larry. I'm, yeah, I'm the only commercial gun range that 
sticks his neck out for our two A rights in New Jersey. It's true, and, and it's sad. And it, it is true, and it's sad. So you should be supporting me. You should be coming to the range. You should be buying gift certificates. You should be spending your money. You should be sharing I wonder, me. Just, I, I wonder how many go, new, especially the new range. They're afraid. I, I wonder how many are even life members of the NRA. Yeah, probably. Two percent, but they're all afraid because they don't want to lose their business. But we, you know, Hello? Michaela talked about creep Hello? before. This is your right? business. Yeah. So if they ban guns, correct, imbeciles, correct, then you don't have a business. What are you going to do? Throw bullets down range? Or? So uh, I'm the guy. I'm willing to do it. I don't care. I look good in orange. And Trump banned bump <laughs> okay. stocks. That yeah, well, I don't even want to talk about that. I'm disgusted by him in the NRA for the whole bump stock thing. Yep. Uh, again, talk about incremental creep. You have it right there. So uh, my college conservative over here to the left of me, you wrote a paper. Let's Wait, 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 real quick. Newsflash came in. Cory Booker addressed the speculation about his sexuality and he says oh, wait that minute, he wait, is wait 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 is this real news or your news yeah he was at the hill <laughs> the hill oh. Cor- they they reporters are asking him because he wants to run for president right. so he's going to have to the closet cape crusader has to pick a team or two teams it doesn't so matter yeah. you know or me no team. i don't yeah i don't <laughs> care no team, yeah. i don't care what his sexuality is we could have a lesbian president we could have a homosexual i don't care, care okay as long as it doesn't involve kids or animals i'm okay all right whatever you whatever your sexual <laughs> persuasion is i only care about the merits of your views okay so he came out and said he's <laughs> heterosexual okay now i have is at that least what he said? yes i have at least 30 confirmed hits from Newark security details when yeah. he was the governor that he's lying. Yeah. Okay? Because he didn't uh, even live in the city of Newark. Well, he, he lived with his friend in the city. Yeah, his he used to go in the front door of his house with a security detail and, out and go back. out the back door of his house with a security detail. He lived in an apartment in Manhattan. Uh, he, but he used to tell everybody he lived in his decrepit neighborhood in Newark, you know, with oh. everybody. Didn't they used uh, to, the Newark cops used to call that the something precinct where they used to sit and play cards? Yeah, and his, uh, you know, they all have co- security details, have code names. His code name was Cinderella. <laughs> was it really? Yes, yeah, Cinderella. I know this all <laughs> for a fact, okay? Uh, yes. We so. won't say how, but. Correct. Your mom must be worrying about you because she keeps butt dialing me while we're doing the radio nice. show. Patty, Put stop her on. it! Put her no. On. So uh, we got an extra. So yes. Yeah, so Cinderella is, says he's heterosexual. And again, see, this is the problem with the right and left. As a, as a conservative, or I'm really a libertarian leaning towards anarchy at this point. <laughs> I don't care. He could be yeah. the first African American president with a male. Wife, what do I care? And I'm okay with that. Can you do that. the job? Correct. Can you do Correct. the job? Now, there could be a problem internationally because he probably wouldn't get the same respect from the countries that are still in the Stone Age. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. okay in the Middle East. Like yeah. when Madeleine Albright was the first you, Secretary you mean, of State. You mean like in in Muslim nations where they throw yeah, homosexuals it, 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 from rooftops, exactly, but exactly, we're supposed, but they vote Democrat. And it's not only <laughs> Muslim nations; it's also other countries that are still 100, 150 years behind us, they might take that as a real sign of weakness, okay? Now, a liberal wouldn't want to hear that, but I'm just stating the truth. As an American, I could care less. Right. I don't care who they bring. And we that's have two what makes women. America America. We could have a female president right. who's married to another female with two adopted kids, and I'm okay with that, right. as long as she's like Condoleezza Rice. Yes. Okay? But yeah. that's just my view. Now, if it was a liberal, I'd still or support that. Pr- yeah, ooh. My favorite, or Gold of My Ear. Or Gold of My Ear. Okay, yeah. yes. Do you know Gold of My Ear? Mm-hmm. She was the Prime Minister of Israel. Oh, she, you oh, gotta look okay. her up. She was great. 
She she, said, we will never have peace in the Middle East until the Arab world loves their children more than they hate Israel. And she was also the one after the raid in Munich uh, with the Olympics. uh, She got the Mossad together and said, go and kill them all. And they were about 85% successful. I read that book. I know that book. Yeah. Yeah, so she 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 killed she had killed the Mossad killed about eighty eighty five percent of them. The rest of them died hiding, yeah. <laughs> scared, <laughs> afraid to open a door or get a package for the rest of their lives. So tell us about your paper because Sandy's eating up all your time. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this is my final paper for one of my journalism classes, and it was on a topic of our choice. So we had to interview at least three live sources because we learned all these interviewing techniques. And they're easier than dead sources yes. to interview. <laughs> um, and then we had to write a paper on our findings. So I chose uh, politics in the classroom because mm. the paper had uh, and currently has potential to be published in our school newspaper, The Collegian. You'll have to move out of town. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that this topic is something that has never been covered, so I wanted to cover it. Um, so my, my findings and my research honestly didn't surprise me. Um, I interviewed two students that I know are politically active, one conservative, one liberal, and then two political science professors. Um, so the conservative student that, uh, he said, so he said that, um, he's, he's a PPL major, which is, uh, politics, philosophy, econ, law. Um, he said that, you know, in his classes, one of his, uh, professors asked him why he doesn't participate more in class and he said that there's no reason for him to voice his opinion if because he knows it's going to make him look a certain way to the students and to the professor and potentially impact his grade so like I do he sits back and just lets people talk and gets a lower grade on participation but that's imagine being the parents paying $60,000 a year and your right. kids can't voice their right. opinion well, this is political correctness. This uh-huh. is the true uh-huh. manifestation of political yep. correctness. And everybody forgets that the term political correctness, words do mean things. Mm-hmm. And political correctness was you either speak what is current to the politic of the day or we will re-educate you. And it comes from socialism and communism. And yet the group... Again, it's all socialist moving because it's all about the collective versus the individual, mm-hmm. which is so far against what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and, and and I'm sure that you feel the same way. Being, yeah, you know, leaning more conservative. Right, and something really interesting that this conservative student told me is that um, he's currently in a or he was this past semester in a sociology class, and um, the professor prefers the pronouns they and them so um (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't survive i I couldn't either so um this professor actually i sent you guys a picture of i was driving behind them one time him (laughs) and um (laughs) his license plate is trans do you remember when i said that to you yes um, but anyway, I tried to interview the professor for my paper he declined in like 30 seconds see that's straight up Sissy. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to okay. the other one of them, though? 
I what? mean, them, I guess that would be plural, right? So if it's you, not if grammatically the one declined, correct. right, could you talk to the other one? I mean, it's, you know, uh, there have to be many of them there, right? I, I mean, so is one of you. You know, that used to be multiple personality disorder, and these things were treatable at one point, mm-hmm. and they were listed in, in the, uh, you know, the in, in the DSM codes, mm-hmm. but they're no longer. Now it's a badge of honor, I guess, but I, I don't... Uh, his uh Care. yeah th- i i know this professor so on the richmond.edu website you can you know search by department professors whatever and all the faculty the professors they have a little like um a little page with a little description and where they went to college and blah 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 and this professor in his description is um whatever que- a queer non-binary activist blah 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 that's what it describes him as i i I How could you like be an activist a, I, yes, and, a and a professor? I d- yeah. that's that's the issue I have. If you're going to be an activist, be an activist. Do not be a professor. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to be neutral. Like I could come in as a guest speaker, be pro gun, pro civil rights, but no, I couldn't you be. Can. No, I'm saying, but I couldn't be a professor because right. I'm too slanted and biased. I'm not mm-hmm. objective enough. Right. It would piss me off. But I am tolerant. I would listen well, to the that, anti-gun argument. That is the difference argument. between a libertarian. Yes. I I'm ta- I want to hear what I learn a lot. You know, in my bubble here, we all talk the same language. When I'm outside and I talk to somebody who's anti-gun or anti-American or anti, I like to hear what they're saying because Absolutely. it gives me a good. I spend more time on the anti-gun websites than the pro-gun websites yeah, because you may mm-hmm. learn something. Yep. And and you know what? There are very many cogent. Uh, What's cogent mean, Michaela? There, oh, go ahead. There, there, told you not to make me look stupid. <laughs> Sorry, well, I don't know either. There, there are very many cogent arguments. See, he used it again. Given on that side, I mean, there are things that we, you know, it's kind of like to talk to one of the MAGA people against something that Trump did bad. They, they don't. They're blinded. Correct. In the same way that a liberal is blinded, or, or that a, uh, an ultra progressive is blinded on that side, where. It, it is not just black and white. Mm-hmm. It, there is a whole host of grays, mm-hmm. and we have to be able to give and take. Otherwise, we're never going to even. We're going to just fraction ourselves <coughs> off, which yep. is exactly what the opposition would love. Yes. By the way, cogent of an argument or case, <laughs> clear, logical, and convincing. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just wanted to get that out there. What, what else do you have on your paper that you got a ninety-two uh, on? Tell good. us when we come back. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Every show. Yeah, look this up. Fucking work. <laughs> Everything I do gonna be funky from now on. Are you still fighting crime the old-fashioned way? Now cut crime in half the time with a fast, easy money-saving solution. Introducing the Shipbaggerator. This year's all-new crime deterrence marvel from the makers of Gun For Hire Radio. The Shipbaggerator's compact design makes it quicker and easier to use than jail cells, parole boards, lethal injections, or those costly, outdated electric chairs. Just park your Shipbaggerator in the town square, open the lid, and drop the Shipbag in. It's that simple. There's no wrong way to use it. Back and forth, side to side, round and round, Shipbags go in and come out as a mound. Super sharp stainless steel blades that never need sharpening do all the work. Slice ship bags so thin. 
They only have one side. Built strong to last, they slice through even the toughest ship bags. Murderers, rapists, child molesters, no problem. Just set it to high, and the ship baggerator's powerful patented motor will handle them three at a time. No muss, no fuss, no bogging down. Just pop the top, drop them in, and watch as the powerful counter-rotating blades pull any size ship bag through at two feet per second. Amazing! Cleanup is a breeze. Just rinse with a fire hose or run it through the car wash. There's even a pulse setting for serial offenders. Save up the worst and delight the crowds on the 4th of July. Who needs fireworks when you've got the ship baggerator? And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we'll send you four additional sets of special stainless steel blades that never need sharpening. So now you can chop, slice, dice, and cube. The ship baggerator and four specialty blades, all for the same low, low price. Unbelievable. So don't wait. Call and get yours today. The ship baggerator is available only at Gun for Hire Radio. Operators are standing by. They said it wouldn't last. That was just wishful thinking. Gun for Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Seven years running. Yo, I'm back, and don't forget to check out Shooter's Gauntlet, shootersgauntlet.com. Bob Ramo out in Monroton, PA. 1,500-yard long-distance shooting range. Two machine gun shoots a year. You can zip line and shoot. I will be going out in the spring. Jimmy just published classes for our new long-range shooting. I'm going to go out on a weekend with Patty, and I'm going to zip line and shoot a machine gun. We're going to get all of that shit on the video, by the way. And if we forget to tell you at the end no, of the I show, live for that. ho, 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 <laughs> Merry Christmas to all of you out there who celebrate Christmas. Uh, so we're back, Michaela. So tell us some more about your paper. Yeah, so um, I interviewed a conservative student, a liberal student, and, um, you know, it was really interesting. It, it was what I expected, but it was really interesting to see the differences between the conservative and the liberal student in the classroom, the different experiences they have. The liberal student said she's more likely to participate if she knows that a certain professor is liberal like herself, which most professors are, and they will tell you that. Um, and she continued by saying that, it's, you know, a, a privilege for liberal students like herself to not have to deal with feeling uncomfortable about speaking your mind like many conservative students do. It's a privilege. Yeah. Another privilege. Yeah. So should she just then just be conservative then just to see what it feels like? I don't know. You don't want to be inclusive, right? I mean, don't right, they that's what they, that, they right? pride themselves oh, on. Course, yes, they're not. Sure. Yes, they're not. Yeah. Um, what, a, what an injustice by, by learning that way, mm -hmm. feeding off of each other with no other views what an yeah. injustice um you know this this uh conservative student told me in that class with the queer non-binary professor one of the assignments that um i guess it was an in-class activity that they had to do was to write a letter to someone you care about a close friend or a family member coming out as gay and the even if you weren't gay yep how, how do you do that though so this st conservative student didn't do it he got up and went to the bathroom for the entire class because he was like i'm not going to participate in this if i if the assignment is to write 
a letter coming out as gay, I should get equal participation for writing a letter saying why I'm heterosexual or why or I'm a Republican. coming out as straight. Exactly. Yeah, it, like, if you lived in a gay family, then coming out is straight. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so he received a zero for the assignment, <laughs> and he just said, okay, that's fine, I'll take the zero, because I'm not going to to take part in an activity that's not enriching my educational experience. See, this is a guy I hire right away. Mm-hmm. You know? Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. It, um, Did I just say me too? Hashtag me too. Hashtag <laughs> me too. You see, uh, I was going to say before, it really doesn't matter. See, you're, uh, you're on your way to law school. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, grades do matter for you. But after that, and even once you get into law school, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I, the, the biggest, biggest <laughs> joke, in, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do they call the guy who gra- or, or the woman who graduated dead last in their medical school class? Doctor. Doctor, yeah. <laughs> so, and it really doesn't matter. Do you hang your grades up on the wall? No. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 all that matters is the end result. And nobody's going to grade you. Your only grade is performance right. in the real world. Mm-hmm. It has absolutely nothing to do with any subjective uh, number that some moron professor is going to give you. So mm-hmm. hold that tight to your heart. Tell us more. So, um, like I said before, I transferred to Richmond my sophomore year from Loyola University, Maryland. So I was really excited to get to a new school and have a new college experience and of course it was during the election 2016 election so um right when trump got elected um i was walking probably to go get coffee on campus something and um i passed the quad on campus and i stopped for a second because i was actually shocked i didn't think what i was looking at actually existed and i was looking there were all these signs on, you know, posters students had made that said, I support undocumented people, I support Planned Planned Parenthood, I support all these various liberal things. And I I walked through the quad because I wanted to read all of them. I remember sending mom a few pictures. I saw the pictures. Yeah. And I I was just shocked because it was just a blatant jab at who had just got elected. And um, so after seeing it, I don't think I even got my coffee. I went back to my dorm ripped up an old cardboard box that I had, (laughs) and I wrote on it, I support our president-elect, and I walked back proudly to the quad, put it in, took me a little while to get it in the ground, put it right in the center. I have a few pictures of that, and um, safe to say it lasted probably like 20 minutes. The next day... It's a tolerance. Yeah. The next day I found it uh, next to a tree with footprints all over it. These kids are not going to be now able to cope in the real world. If, if anyone would have done that during Barack Obama's presidency. Right. Yeah. You know? Correct. I mean, remember a rodeo clown came out with an Obama mask on and got fired right. during the Obama presidency. Right. They burn Trump in effigy. They hang him. Yeah. They make fun of his wife and his kid. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, again, no tolerance. So what else did you write in there? Um, well, I actually Sandy didn't, won't let you speak. didn't include that in my oh, paper. good. <laughs> um, but um but I I commend you for doing that thank because you, you got to take a stand. Yeah, I mean it it's gotten to a point where like I've tried time after time to defend myself and defend my position, but at this point most kids that I am in classes with currently, I've been in classes with since sophomore year because we're in the same major on the same track. They know where I stand. It's not that I feel like I need to assert myself or anything, but like I said my my grades just matter to me too much, so I I don't like to, but I sit back and and How horrible. let the discussion right. go without my input because it's not 
to me, it, it's not worth it. And it's sad because you're only learning one side of everything. You're not really learning. You're not being exposed to what you really should be. Being right, which is why it's hurting liberal students. Yeah. And you can't get through. Like, all every, all of our listeners, over a million listeners, if you're getting ready to send your kids to school, if you go to the ad- administration and say you want your kids to have an unbiased education, you're not going to get it mm-hmm. because no. it's cancer and poison from the top down. Yes. Everybody yes. is a liberal from the custodian to the dean. Let's face it, they all live in this beautiful, insulated fantasy world. And again, if universities had a show of profit and they were held accountable, it would, it would, they would all crumble. Well, socialism, this is how it creeps in, right? Yep. Socialism understands that you have to control everything. You have to control the educational yep. system. You have to control Healthcare. the entertainment and communication system. You have to control food, which they did with the farm subsidies. And then you have to control health care. Yep. Once you control those four things, you control Everything. That's if you look up Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals, you'll see the whole playbook right there. Mm. What else you got before I go into some safety tips? Or the Communist Manifesto. Yeah, oh, you true. can read that too. <laughs> um, no, just another example. I mean, I could go on and on, but I know you can. <laughs> just Poor another girl. example of um, liberalism on my college campus is um, during the new student orientation in 2017. So the University has this orientation for students when they're first arriving to campus. You go like a week early before classes start. Um, th- so this was 2017. Um, a comedian came to campus. It was a mandatory swipe in. Like we have our student IDs. You you know you pay for coffee. You swipe into the dining hall with that. It was a mandatory swipe in event. If you didn't swipe in, your orientation advisors would know. You would have to make it up. You would probably get in trouble. Whatever. So, so it, was it was mandatory to, to see, see the comedian. comedian. Yep, there were all these wow. pro, all these man, like campus safety and so stuff like that. So they could charge parents campus safety. For the I can understand a comedian. Anyway, right. yeah. so yeah, so it was a mandatory comedian. Um, the orientation leadership. It, this was the first time this guy came to campus. They were unaware of what he was going to say, and obviously the new students um, be, being at orientation were unaware of what was going to happen. Mandatory swipe in. Get there. And um, the conservative student that I interviewed for my paper actually told me about this. Um, The entirety of this comedian's performance was bashing Trump. And it was bashing the administration and bashing everything that was happening in the country in a joking way. He would say, you know, make some noise if you hate Trump. And people would clap their hands and scream and everything. Make some noise if and all these other things. How innovative. So the leadership... Mm -hmm which is actually the person that I interviewed for, um, the liberal student that I, inter- that I inter- interviewed for my paper, um, she was on the orientation leadership. So she was the one who decided to bring this guy <laughs> on, but she was unaware of what he was going to say. Um, she actually expressed to me that they were very upset with how um, the comedian d- uh, did his performance because for student new students freshmen they're practically still babies in high school for freshmen coming onto college campuses for that to be their first taste of college is welcome just to the family awful pat sajak said that if you're a comedian and your audience is applauding you and not laughing you're not a comedian right which is the truth right you're supposed to be laughing in right. front of a comedian not applauding mm-hmm. that's like all these nighttime TV hosts and stuff. They all they get is applause, right? And hoorah, because everybody's a political activist yeah. today. Uh, of course, they're all rich, repulsive socialists. Uh, how much time do we have left? 
Oh, about 10 minutes. Will, we have that much more. Hit us with more before I go into some safety. No. Um, no, I, well, back to my paper. Um, yes, in the In my interviews with uh, two professors, one of them, uh, he was a political science professor that I had my, uh, I think it was my sophomore year. Um, he actually said to me that he um, luckily uh, avoids some of the difficulties that other professors have because the classes that he teaches come from a more historical perspective rather than talking about the current issues in our country so lucky him but um the other <laughs> professor um she was very nice she offered a lot of information um she told me that you know the need for a professor to establish community in the class in order to in order for students to feel comfortable talking about what they want to talk about she said she never shuns students that have differing opinions she doesn't shut them down but she also told me that she's very open with her own liberal beliefs in class. That's fine. Yeah. yeah I'm okay with that, Look, too. I'll work with the devil as long as it. I know it's a devil. Right. You know. She, yeah, she said that she, um, you know, she when she was putting her syllabus together post-2016 election, she wanted to be able to talk about Trump, but then she had to, you know, really think about a way to do this, that it didn't just become a, a screaming debate in her classes so she said she facilitates small groups um, among the students in her classes so that they feel more comfortable instead of speaking up at, you know in front of the whole class or in front of her as an authority figure um, she also talked about um, professors having this power in their class where they need to recognize the power that they hold over their students mm -hmm. Damn privilege thing again yeah. ego 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 and um you know, she, something she said is we need to be able to have a conversation here in the classroom that's better than what's happening out there in our country. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So, when you, you listeners, you're not sending your kids to, off to college. You're sending them to indoctrination camps that are led by the thought police, which is something you have to remember. <laughs> so, you know, I've done college safety tips a million times, but one thing I want to talk about now while we have a few minutes left is uh, you, you use rideshare services like Uber and Lyft, right? Yep. So a couple of things. A lot of us use it now, and I'm sure it's uh, led to a huge decline in young kids drunk driving and older people drunk driving, right? You Uber out of parties and stuff. Definitely. Uh, it's amazing, Sandy. When we were kids, our parents said, don't talk to strangers and don't get into strange people's cars. <laughs> and then Uber and Lyft came out, right. and we have a strange person in a strange car driving us around. Right. But there's been cases of people posing as drivers in both Uber and Lyft and other ride-sharing. So always make sure you have the details as the driver's name, their photo, and car type. Because people get in the wrong car. Mm -hmm. I got in the wrong car coming out of Newark Airport. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, I got, we got halfway there, and it, he switched a ride to me, communicated to the other driver, and they took the other person. But I didn't have to worry about being sexually assaulted because I would have stuck him through the air conditioning vent in the dashboard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Uber and Lyft, you should look for the logo. Make sure you're getting into the right car. Check the driver's rating, right? You want to always check the driver's rating to make sure he has a, a really good rating. If not, if you're uncomfortable, just cancel that ride. Mm -hmm. You've done that before? Always. Do you share your trip details with friends or family? Yeah, I send mom a screenshot of it. That's good because you can you can share that. Uh, Monica does the same thing, which mm -hmm. is which is really good. Um, so avoid riding in the front seat. Yeah, yeah. You, it's creepy. More women are assaulted uh, on the receiving end of assaults and groping and aggressive unwanted behavior when they sit in the front seat. So you always want to sit in the back seat. If the driver rolls under and says sit in the front, I would just walk away. 
I wouldn't even I wouldn't even let them I wouldn't mm-hmm. even get together. I'd cancel the ride and I'd give them a one one star. You should always travel in groups whenever possible, uh, and you should always trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right or it seems fishy, you should definitely definitely take heed to that. Now the other thing you can do is if he's not going the right way, showing on the app, I would call nine one one immediately mm-hmm. on the phone. I would, you know, uh, and right? Yeah, sometimes the, like, uh, I know last year I, I took an Uber to the airport. I was coming home whenever that was, and um, the Uber driver said to me, I guess he was from the area, he had a Virginia license plate, he said to me, oh, can I take this different route? Do you mind if I take this different route? It's just quicker and we'll, we'll avoid traffic. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was fine. Yeah. He, he, at least he asked. But me. you got to trust your gut. If, right. you, if you didn't feel right, mm-hmm. you, should, you would say no. I would have said, I just go back home. I forgot something. So, and they can, you can actually share, these kids don't want you to do it, but they can share their ride live. So mom could be in New Jersey and watch where they're going. You know that, right? You can share your ride no. with friends. Yeah, it's on your app. Oh. It's, oh, it's on the share. Yep. Yeah, share. Yeah, yeah. So her mom can see that she got in the like car the, the and she GPS got to, stuff. Yeah, you, you, you can, can see. The now, they, yeah. they don't want to do that because yeah, of, you but know, but if they're going to a party yeah, or something, to it's the fine. the library. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but in most cases, it's not a bad idea to, to share it. Uh, Monica used to send a screenshot and go, uh, this is my driver in case I get kidnapped. <laughs> you know, so it was good. So, uh, so these are things to worry about. The other thing is, like, I hooked you up with a bug out bag, right? Mm-hmm. You keep it in your car. Yep. And a snowstorm hit Virginia, and you took it and put it in your dorm room, yeah. right? So, And there's a lot of good stuff in there. First aid kit, extra batteries. I also got these guys a, a square little box that takes AA batteries that you can charge your devices oh, that's great. from. And I gave them a few sleeves of batteries. So if there's no power for a few days, you can still have uh, communication. All of you people, when you send your kids off to these indoctrination camps, you're worrying about buying them the little fridge and what jacket they're going to wear, et cetera, et cetera. Why not make up a bug out bag? Right. Uh, emergency cash, right? We've talked about this yeah. before. Always making sure your tank is full on your <laughs> car, right? Right. For, for a 21-year-old college girl, full is what? Less than a quarter of a tank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these are things that you have to think about. Michaela... Uh, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Uh, our new classes are listed for the long-distance shoot. Uh, we're going to have you back on the show after you graduate, oh, uh, yeah. before you go to grad school. <laughs> we have a full slew of classes coming up. The Saw Group is having a defensive knife and pen class. You should check out the Saw Group. They're looking for more women to attend. Uh, we have Urban Pistol 1, 2, and 3, Urban Carbine 1, 2, and 3, Urban Shotgun 1 and 2, Low Light, No Light. All of these classes are listed on our site, and the Atenzia Kali family are going to be working with us more in 2019 with knife and self-defense pen class. You took the pen class, right? Mm-hmm. It's good to know, right? Yeah. Always yeah. have my pen with really me. Cool always, see, always mm-hmm. has her pen with her. So I'm uh, signing off now. Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, uh, Three Kings, Kwanzaa, Festivus, and Hanukkah to all of you out there. (laughs) Sandy? Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a counterfeit media production. The music used in this broadcast is managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York, and the License of Broadcast Music Incorporated. On behalf of my host here, Anthony Calandro, Michaela, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. We love you guys. Merry Christmas to you and to all a good night.